God of the universe, maker of the stars, who am I that you would know my name? Well, welcome to Life on Purpose, episode number 56, and... Uh, yeah, I made it through the week. Uh, I'm still alive. <laughs> Sometimes I'm, I've been kind of wondering. Uh, truth is, I didn't get out of bed really much for about a week. Um, I'm doing better. Kathy's, uh, my wife, is doing better. And uh, But I just found out that the Boyette clan is uh, going through some things with Tony and Leslie. And we pray for healing for them, for so many people. I guess that uh, Bill Cloud's whole congregation had to cancel this past mm. Shabbat. Oh. We saw that notification too. Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, yeah, yeah this stuff is serious. Just uh, anyone else that's out there that may be suffering with it too, we're praying for you too because this uh, this uh, stuff sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. uh, I figured out if I'd gone to the doctor and taken medicine and waited about a week, I'd feel better. Uh, but if I just uh, stayed at home and, and taken medicine, I'd in about a week, I'd feel better. So I did the latter. <laughs> hey, that's good. There you go. It works. It works. It works. So, guys, last week we talked about convenience versus uh, conviction, and uh, let, me, let me give you a little bit of a list of uh, some books. You know, we here, here we are at the the first of uh, the Gregorian calendar of two thousand twenty four, and um, you know we we see the uh, list of the you know number one movies for the year and number one books for the year and stuff. Well, I'd like to give you those that will probably never be published. Um, and, or, or turned into a screenplay. And, uh, here's just my thoughts of is, uh, number one is legends of Mr. Milk Toast. Okay. Um, people who stood for nothing and fell for everything. Mm. Okay. Uh, life and times of the lukewarm. Buried and forgotten. Uh, how to keep your life passion tank empty. Okay. How to drop the baton. Leading in a field of no one else. That's a that's kind of a lonely place. Here's one of my favorites. Underachievers hand, handbook. And uh last but not least, peacekeeping through compromise. Was that wasn't that a bestseller? Peacekeeping <laughs> through compromise? Yeah, I think that was bestseller. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, maybe. maybe uh, I just, I, you know, I, I mean, I don't know everything, Mr. Covert. So, yeah. You know. What was the second one again? The, the second, second one, one. The second one was uh, uh, they stood for nothing and fell for everything. I mean, okay, that would make a great satirical humor book. I gotta say. Okay. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I thought those were uh, those were pretty good. I I personally like Underachievers Handbook. The first one, uh, Legends of Milk, Mr. Milk Toast. The first thing that ran through my mind was from the makers of Chicken Run. <laughs> yeah, it will be claymation, but you know, yeah. leave, leave it yeah. to leave it to Ryan to 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 catch that. So, okay, guys, it, I think it would be obvious to all of us that there's probably not anyone that's that's watching our program that really wants to live a life of nothingness. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you normally don't look up the podcast life on purpose if you don't want to. So uh, we, we probably have people that would like to be known as those of conviction, but, mm -hmm. but is it something that, that people just think you get by osmosis? I think in order to first maybe learn what conviction looks like, one has to surround themselves with people who have convictions. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. So is conviction caught? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You might say that it could be. What What about we, if we looked at this? I can see you guys kind of running around in all kinds of different different realms. There, I can't wait to to hear what this comes out as. But maybe maybe it's that 
the desire for conviction is called. We'll go with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I think. Go ahead. I think conviction, to use a word we've played with in the past, is cultivated. Ah. And when I think of cultivation, you know, obviously the it's a, a gardening term, but it doesn't necessarily imply one person. Um, if we go to Yeshua's parable, um, or nope, hold on. I think maybe it was Paul who said, like one plants and another one waters and another harvests. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay, Daniel. People confuse those two all the time. <laughs> That's true. Um well, you know what? If you're a follower of Yeshua, it's okay if people confuse your words with Yeshua. So that's that's actually not too bad. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, you know, it, so it doesn't necessarily imply a single person. It can be multiple people. It can be a family. It can be a team of people. And so you just have this idea of of a of seed being planted mm-hmm. and the the to- the soil being tilled and and cared for. That's that's the big thing is cared for. Um, there are very few things that you can, you know, throw a seed out in, in the, in the yard and watch it grow and be able to harvest some fruit from it. Very few things except weeds. You could do that with weeds pretty easily. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I I wanted to run for with my example was like, I like that idea of the, we guys were talking about with cultivating a, uh, with this conviction because, uh, we know from like sociological experiments that when people are told something, most of the time they take it at face value and run with it. Uh, famous ones like famous sociological uh, ones are like the Milgram experiment, right? Where they uh, uh, just a quick rundown, the one where uh, they would tell them push the button if the prisoner doesn't respond. And it was, a, it was an actor in real life, but it portrayed this person basically being tortured to death, but they were just being told push the button, push the button. And they just kept doing it and basically would have killed them if it would have actually happened. But because a leader or higher authority was telling them, just do this, just do this, they would just follow along. So I think that in general, most people want to just follow and not have to be told what to do. And I, But when you have a life of conviction, that's a very powerful thing to stand up in the face of someone saying, do this. And then you go, sorry, I'm not actually going to do that. I won't follow along with what everyone else is just told to do. That was my thought when it coming to this uh, personal conviction okay I like that <laughs> i had written down a quote that kind of goes back with that before the uh, show and it's from gk chesterton he says tolerance is the virtue of the man without convictions mm-hmm. so to maybe phrase that differently uh if you have no convictions you will be forced to tolerate everything mm-hmm. okay I kind of like that reverse the deal there because now mm-hmm. we're kind of seeing that it's uh, all about tolerance today in, in America. It's all about tolerance for everything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, you pretty much described uh, 2024 and we're only a couple days into it. So <laughs> here, here's an interesting uh, thought for you. How do we define conviction? Hmm. I kind of want to jump in. I, the first thought whenever someone says conviction, I think of uh, uh, court when someone is you're convicted of something it's uh your peers have judged you and have convicted you of something i was like the first thought was like that legal idea of what conviction is okay um oh man where i want to go is i want to say what i used to think conviction was go for it and now where i'm at with conviction with my own personal and again i might be wrong on some things so this is coming from dave's perspective um Conviction. I once was okay. What, what others told, what others meaning, uh, let me define that, uh, would be who I would consider leaders, who I consider to be someone who would be responsible, who said things that would say, okay, they live a life something like this, so I'm gonna emulate those things. So they say this is what is right to do. So then I'll do them. So that would be uh, parents. That would, could be pastors. That could be. Um, people of very close friends. I mean, there's a lot of those kind of things that still there. It still is now as I've grown older, I'm starting to look at it as based on my upbringing and now where the fruit of that has led. 
-hmm. And now I'm looking at almost every idea or thought that was once concrete and has looked at it. Now, this is, I'm delving into a little bit. If, if anyone has dealt with crisis of faith, this is kind of that idea. Okay. So you look through that idea of, okay, they said this, what does that prove? What does that show? What kind of fruit does that show? Mm -hmm. And try to be as analytical as possible. However, if you're going to trust in your flesh and not the Holy Spirit, that's where you're going to come run into problems uh, because it's easy to just do what everyone else does and you can just kind of flow along with it. However, where do those convictions go? Where, what is, how can I be the best representation for my God and through Yeshua, my Savior, my Messiah? What is the best life to live out based on those convictions? And there were some things and I don't know if we're going to go into those type of things, but there's some things as going through life, you realize, oh, it was taught this way. Now looking at the fruit of it, maybe not so much. Um, anyways, that, that's some, that's where I guess I'm at with uh, when it comes to conviction. Sorry for drawing that out, guys. Yeah, that's good. I think um, <clears throat> I was sitting here thinking, I, th I feel like there is a like a corporate conviction and an individual conviction and a corporate conviction is basically something that would carry you it's something you're a part of uh whether by choice or whether by um you know let's say a, a child is kind of carried by the corporate convictions of the family okay. um okay. the way that they live their lifestyle or a member of a community could be carried by the corporate convictions convictions of the community itself um and at some point those your individual and your corporate might actually dive off or something like that but whereas corporate convictions would carry you individual convictions will give you the strength to carry others it's not until because corporate convictions can be, you know, good or bad. They can be whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of what it is. But you can't, I would say that you don't have power in and of yourself to carry someone else's or help someone else in their burdens using corporate convictions. It has to be individual convictions. Right. If that made any sense at all. <laughs> No, I, I like that because they have to become, uh, you know, indwelt within yourself, not, you know, being swayed by the doctrine of those around you simply. Um, I, I heard a quote and it, it, when I first read it, I didn't like it. And then now the more I'm, I'm, it's sitting with me, the more I'm like, there might be some interesting, uh, an interesting viewpoint here. F. Scott Fitzgerald said that uh, at 18, convictions are the hills upon which we view the world. At 40, they become the caves we hide in. All right. Can you, can you, right. I, for, for, can you repeat that one more time? I need to hear that. Take another run of that, Ryan. Yeah, I need to hear that one more time, that last one. Yeah. At 18, convictions are the hills upon which we stand and view the world. And at 40, they become the caves we hide in. Okay, since you're the one that brought the quote out, why don't you take the first run at explaining it? Okay, so <laughs> when I first read it, I and was like, And why is well, it bothering you? Okay, so I'll, I'll explain. When, it, when I first read it, I was like, well, that would say that, uh, you know, maybe because you have convictions, you're not willing to tolerate, right? Okay. Or, you know what I mean, to, to be swayed by every wind of doctrine or whatever. Uh, so you might make people, you know, mad at you. But then the more I, I thought about it, the more I thought, uh, could our convictions be such that, like it says, the caves we hide in, um, in a dangerous way, we use them as the excuse to shirk responsibility, to um, be unwilling to change to the leading of the father i guess it depends on how you look at it okay let me let me see if this one will, will work with that one ryan 
that our convictions can become what isolates us from a world that needs conviction. Yes. I like that better. That there, there we go. That summarizes it. Okay. And I'm thinking about this, that um, I finally, today I said to my wife, I said, I got to get out of here. It was sunshine. It was decent day. I, I said, I got to go do something. So I went and played a little bit of golf and um, the uh, I got there and the guy that uh, is not known for, for uh, clean language. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. he literally cannot say one sentence without mm-hmm. a diatribe. And um, he's like, Hey, you want to play? And I'm like, and I was kind of looking forward for a, you know, quiet day. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. And well, I've got this friend of mine and, and this guy that came it was even worse, <laughs> you know, and I'm walking around and my conviction is, you know, I don't think that, you know, maybe Daniel's heard me slip once or twice in life, but I, I don't, I don't use that language period. Okay. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make me better than anybody. I just don't use it. That's, that's my conviction. And I could have said, well, you know, because I don't use that kind of language, I don't want to hear it, so I can isolate myself from it. Mm-hmm. Is, is that kind of what mm-hmm. you're, you're... Yes, in, instead of, mm, yeah. then at that yeah, point, so then being a better example based on your conviction. Yeah, you can either let your conviction allow, or let your conviction cause you to hide from the world, or allow your conviction to enter in and change the world. Mm-hmm. which is what daniel was saying about the your, our conviction our personal conviction has the ability to carry others with it yes mm-hmm. yeah and that goes back to the part of your story dad as you were um kind of pre-messiah of your your hobby of tearing people down who couldn't defend their faith essentially um yeah. you know and i had a good conviction but, but, too. <laughs> but but truly you know, that is, it is a thing where you cannot, you, it is nearly impossible to defend something you believe or that you think you believe using someone else's convictions. It will mm-hmm. carry you to a point. It will carry you no further. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you, know, you want to chime yeah. in here? Yeah. yeah, that's where I was uh, curious about, like this whole idea. I like the point you brought up because i kind of feel like there's something similar here uh the group conviction or like yeah corporate conviction versus self-conviction and that's that's something that's is like where are those lines drawn because i do believe that everyone has within themselves there's this point of because kind of the torah mentions it briefly i think in a way and i the torah sets up walls of con- like the walls of conviction this is how like, this is the world these are the the foundations where there's walls literally laid this is where rules are however then people then come in and go well before the wall we got a fence this is our group conviction on this this is where our fence is at so we don't even cross this fence and so that we don't even get close to the wall we we put it we set up a fence um so where's my thought so then when it comes to that that's where i kind of look at the idea of okay so if where my question that goes or where my thought process goes towards is if you have a group think that is that's that's the danger of group think right group conviction group think if you have something established so much that nothing can then be challenged i look at that and go then to use ryan's analogy then we hide in our caves and say, la, 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 mm-hmm. la, don't tell me anything. Don't say anything. What, even though it's very possible, truth is trying to come to our conviction and say, that's not exactly true. Mm-hmm. And that can be a very dangerous place because then you get to group thinking, echo chambering and all this other stuff that becomes then you don't listen to anything new. You have to be willing to accept things. And also as you're growing in this, you have to realize that your convictions will be tested. That's a good thing. Your convictions mm-hmm. will be, like you said, Mike, you literally got your convictions were tested by going up with those people. You have two choices, whether you say, no, I'm actually going to go. I'm going to not go with you guys based on past. I'm not going to hang out with you guys. Or second, I'm going to stand in the midst of this and I just will not 
I will refuse to partake in. There's good and there's good and bad to both of those, right? We can sit here and argue what would be bad in the one case or good in one case. We could do that. That's where we're kind of that's where I would look at for that pure example, I would look at there's a there's a fence to wall example there. There's an area where you could be in or could be out of, but sometimes our convictions actually I would say even a lot of times our convictions should stand in the storm if there's a also like you're kind of facing your convictions being tested at this point. Does your conviction stand or does it fall apart? That's the question. If it falls apart, that means there's weakness. That means there's something that's weak that needs to be fixed. That needs to be relooked yeah. at. It needs to be strengthened. That's a that's a that's a really healthy thing to be able to take criticism of a conviction and go, you know what, I'm gonna consider that. If you don't have a response for it, then you just strengthen up, make it better. That just makes your branches. I'm, in my mind, I look at it as like a grapevine, and that if there's bad fruit for a conviction, eventually you're gonna cut that sucker off. How many times have we changed mm -hmm. things? I know I've changed stuff. Everyone usually changes something that they get. Maybe it's not a solid conviction, but they're thinking that something's good, and they go, you know what? This ain't working. Let me just chop that off. This is – nah, this is bad. That's, that's where I think that is huge to be able to know that you could stand up against that and know that that means that point is a very solid foundation to stand on, and maybe it is standing on truth because it's able to withstand whatever comes against it. And that's what our hope should be for every conviction we have. Okay, so – so with with that, we need to talk about right and wrong convictions. Okay, it's is possible to have a conviction and be wrong about it. Mm. All right, so now we have to have the basis of. But before we get to that, I'd like to give you uh, my kind of my 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 thought of the definition of conviction. A mm. conviction is something that is a practice, a feeling, a lifestyle that is not for sale. All right, now, show of hands, how many of you have a conviction against stealing? Okay, we're, we're okay, we're, we're, four out of four here. All right, <laughs> what if, what if, what if it's, uh, let, let's say you walk into somewhere, there's nobody in the room, and uh, there's a dime on the counter. Are we good? Our conviction intact? You're going to leave it there? Mm, yeah, leave it there. Leave it what there. if it's a dollar? Yep. Leave $50. Yep. $100. Keep going. Lottery ticket for a million bucks. We'll leave it. Powerball. <laughs> $782 million. Leave it. Leave it. Yeah. See, if our conviction is based upon a, a point in which, well, if it was this much, then it was never a conviction in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A conviction has to be without any value. It has to be, it doesn't matter if the whole world likes me if I break my conviction. Mm -hmm. My conviction has to be intact no matter what the price is whether it be financially, emotionally, peer pressure across the board. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. So how do we come up with right convictions? Well, I um, <clears throat> the obvious beginning of the answer, because <laughs> it is definitely a multi-stage answer, I think, um, is the scriptures. You know, that gives us There, there are plenty in there that are very black and white. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the do not steal, the do not murder. I mean, those are those are pretty black and white. But you know what, man, even those, you know, I know there's been a debate over the years as far as like, you know, does murder account for war, that kind of mm -hmm. thing. And so, you know, right off the bat, <laughs> not, not the great example. But, um, but yeah, well, let's just say is, it's, is murder. It's, so it's, you know, it's it's yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, but so let's just leave, you know, let's, let's pretend that the Bible is perfectly clear and we can all understand it perfectly. <laughs> There's lots in there that's black and white that we can look at it and say, okay, that one, I got it. I understand that's, that's a conviction I should follow. Um, 
But much to Dave's point, I think that was a great illustration with the grapevine of, you know, the something that it's, it's kind of growing and then it's not bearing any fruit because ultimately we have to acknowledge that we are humans and we're going to have convictions somewhere along the way that are not going to be correct. Um, I think we could probably all point to multiple examples through our lives of things that we were super convicted about. And then something happened, you know, something was revealed to us, you know, the, the Holy Spirit was kind of leading us in a new direction or, or something like that. And we were like, okay, that conviction was totally wrong. But then there's even other ones that I think that there's some convictions that can be right for a season. And I think that's where the illustration of the grapevine is really good because, and where you just have to, uh, you know, submit yourself to the you know god who is the perfect pruner you know he knows exactly what needs to come off when because it's truly on a grapevine there can be a, a vine on there uh that is bearing fruits for you know a couple seasons and then it no longer does and is you just have to pay attention to that so yeah scriptures first and then kind of look at where god has you look at um you know, what he's calling you to and really dive in with him on, on what some of those extra ones should be. Um, one of the, one of the things that comes to my mind and there might be people out there who totally disagree with me and that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, there is a band called Skillet. And if you were to look at the members of this band on a picture, you would think, wow, they are very far from God. You know, they, um, the music tends to be a bit heavier. Um, their lyrical content is is great. I've never heard a you know a cuss word. I've never heard anything um, sexual in any of their songs. Um, it's just how they look. But it's interesting because every show that they go to, they are praying for people afterwards, and they are you know their songs are if you if you know i mean they are definitely about god they are about the love of god and i find it very interesting that i know of other uh you know christian artists who on an interview on the radio will not say that it is god who gives them the music that helps people it is god breathing through their music to help people they will not say it they will say it's the music but here's, you know, this band, Skillet, who they are openly praying for people afterward. Everything that they say when they're not on, you know, the stage. And so it's like, for me, I look at that and I'm like, okay, God, I, I believe, has them in that season. And there's certain convictions that they're going to have or not have that are totally different than other people's. So that's just one example of kind of what I'm talking about there. When I hear the word conviction, I, you know, I hear convinced to be convinced of mm. so then my question would be who or what convinced you uh. mm. and therein we have to ask the source which it, it goes back to scripture like you've said daniel um as as a that's a good litmus test for is it a good conviction now, here's where the, the gray area comes, and you brought this up as well. I have heard various interpretations of Scripture mm -hmm. that were very convincing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But in an argument that was counterproductive to um, the body of believers, you mm -hmm. might say. Uh, I think we can all name several of those. <laughs> um, and, you know, one might be the perception, like you brought up, of because someone looks a certain way, they must not be capable of doing the things of the Father, right? Mm. They don't look very biblical, so my convictions tell me that they must not be a believer. They must not be used of God. Mm. So is that more of your conviction or more of your opinion? See, and this is where... Can we get the two mixed up? Here we go. Yeah, I think we can get the two mixed up. If we look at, at Webster's definition of conviction, it says to a firmly held belief or opinion. 
that Belief means or opinion. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so that means there's there you have to in a conversation like this, there has to be clarity of the of the syntax. There has to be like that unify because yes, one like like really that's what Mike's bringing out here is like some people are gonna be like, well, that's a belief. Well, that's a conviction. It's like, oh, those could be different terms for different people. That's yes. interesting. I'd be love to. Um, oh, how do we want to approach this? Like, Mike, do you want to define what you were talking about? Uh, opinion. What your what your mind is of opinion. Well, you know, opinions. Opinions are. Sometimes you you know sometimes you're like oh go for it say something stupid yeah. You're having a conviction moment right now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm, I'm dealing with it here. Somebody convicted did uh, not say what he wanted to say. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm going to throw this one to the wind. Um, the, my best thing about opinions is that someone said once, once uh, that opinions are kind of like armpits. Everybody's got a couple, mm -hmm. and they mostly smell bad. Good point. Okay. Yes. So in the end, does our opinion really mean anything? D does my opinion mean anything in this world? I mean, no. maybe somebody's want to be nice to me and say, yeah, I, tr I, I trust your opinion. I don't. <laughs> okay. I don't care what I think. There we go. It really doesn't matter to me what I think. Um, the only thing that really matters to me is what God thinks. Mm -hmm. and, and his opinion is, is yeah. Uh, now, there's a difference between good and God. Uh, the difference, do you guys know the difference between good and God? <laughs> right. Tell us. Okay. Uh, good has a, an extra O, which stands for opinion. So when we put, when we take what God says and we put our opinion into it, we can come up with something that sounds good, but may not be God. Okay. So we have to, we have to, in order for us to have, true convictions instead of just opinions of how I desire to live my life. We must insert right. our creator into the mix, which means we must insert his word into the mix. And yeah, I got this that, you know, there, there you can read the scripture and it's got some little wiggle room guys. You know, you shall not commit adultery. There ain't no wiggle room there. Yep, there ain't no wiggle room. All right. Uh, you shall have no gods before. There's no wiggle room. Let's, let's face it. Really, there's not much wiggle room in the scripture. We just want to find it. When we quit trying to find wiggle room and just say, I want his opinion in my life, and then I want my opinions to line up with his opinion. And I'm going to call that a conviction. And none of that's for sale. I think that's a step right. in the right direction. The problem here in here, here, it lies in this. I, I guess I'll put it in question form. Is it possible for a person to have a conviction without first reading the scripture for themselves? I would say yes. So I can have yes. a conviction based upon God's opinion, having never read it for myself? Yes. Okay. How do we do that? You would see how others interact and how their lives would then be held, and then you would watch those people and go, I don't know what's up. With I think you hear that a lot from people with testimonies and understanding, like, especially when they didn't grow up in a household with God. They would look at other people and they go, I never – like." I didn't grow up with God, but I always knew these people were Christian and I just watched them and I would just go, you know what? They sure do seem like things are just going really well. You know what? What if I just, I think what I'm doing is wrong. And if I just, if I would adopt to what they did, my life would change. Okay. I've heard people say that in the past. So that's, that's where I would go with it. Okay. Daniel, Ryan. I think this actually goes back to what Ryan was saying toward the beginning of the program. Um, of even though maybe maybe you couldn't say it's a complete conviction, mm -hmm. but a desire for it, if nothing else, because um, I see where you're trying to go, Dad. And but I I do agree with David that you can it has to start somewhere, and yeah. 
you know, it doesn't always start inside of you. Sometimes it is from an external force. But then that external force should call you to go in and dive into it yourself. And as you and I have talked over the years so many times, own it. So my, my premise here is a conviction is something you own. Yes. Or a, a conviction that is going to be the direction of your life is something you have reached out and taken ownership of. Brian? Mm. You're becoming a man of conviction where they can say and look at your life and say, we, we see evident by his action and the way he lives that he holds true to his conviction. You're, you're walking what you're talking essentially. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think where to, where to take this because there's a couple, I, I think we're to back up a little bit where kind of where we were attacking some of these uh, convictions or, or gray areas, if you will, would be, um, for instance, those that would hold to an idea or an interpretation, uh, a man's interpretation of scripture mm -hmm. versus what is actually there uh, in its context. Uh, and that could be where some things could go, you know, astray. I've, you know, seen families split apart because of somebody's opinion on what they thought God said. And this is where conviction is important because we have to be convinced in ourselves that and back to like daniel said it's it's going to change it, it may be good for a season because what you might be completely convinced of now might be harmful to you or others down the road mm -hmm. mm. i'm trying to think of it a, a good um oh I, okay i've heard this one re recently um this will open a can of worms. Maybe I should do it. We'll see here. Um, Go for it. I love those. Yeah. Uh, there are no grounds for divorce, even if abuse is present in a relationship. Okay. Right. And the, you know, the person was wholly convicted of this. This is, it is not scriptural. And that, of course, I have mm. to ask what scripture they're reading because... Israel was divorced from God mm -hmm. and he provided a way back, obviously, you know, right. um, I, I don't, I, this is a sensitive issue. I don't want to dwell too long here. I'm just trying to come up with kind of a, a hot button example that one might say, you know, right. this is, this is the hill I'm going to die on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, right. This is a hard, yeah. <laughs> here's, here's, here's one, here's one. Um, I have a, a conviction that I, you know, I will not work on Shabbat as mm -hmm. I think many in the, the messianic world do. Now, the other day I was asked by a friend who's Christian. He asked in sincerity, if I needed help moving on Shabbat, would you help me? And I actually hesitated because I was like, listen, I'm not trying to be rude here, but I have not had to answer this question in my adult life. Mm -hmm. And I don't answer questions like that lightly. And so I did, I really wanted to like, think about that and think of like, okay, if I said no, why? And I came to the conclusion, like, you know, is it an ox in a ditch? Not for me, it's not, but for him it is. Mm -hmm. And for me to say, no, I won't help you move, even though it is clearly work and I was sweating the entire day, it would ruin my testimony to him. Right. And so is it a good thing to have a conviction that I will not work on Shabbat? Yes, absolutely. I will not do this on Shabbat. I will not, you know, uh, just, you know, whatever. Um but is there going to be a place or a time where you have to kind of question that and say, what is the greater good here? And, you know, just kind of going toward what, um, you know, them changing over time. And 
how we view other people's convictions, because that's where it gets a little iffy, too, is that, you know, if someone out there is listening to my story and saying, wow, you heathen, then <laughs> you are the reason that I'm about to say that the scripture says mercy triumphs over judgment. Because you are not me and I am not you. And we are walking two different paths. And we both have to make the best decision we can in any given moment based upon our convictions and what God is leading us to do because we're two totally different people. And some of those things are going to get a little more gray. There may have been, there may be someone out there who they really should say no for some reason. I don't know what it would be, but it's possible that, you know, there's someone out there who needs that level of like, absolutely not. I do not cross that line period. Um, I can't think of an example where that would be the case in, in that, but it could be. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember that day with you, Daniel, and, um, you know, we talked about it and um, I, mm-hmm. I totally supported what you were doing because I understood the person, the other person in this scenario, it probably pained them more to have to ask you, but mm-hmm. it was a case in which mm-hmm. there's a, there's knocks in a ditch. It, it wasn't mm-hmm. like he was saying, you know, um, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's okay, Daniel, it doesn't really matter. Um, no, it, it was, it was something that I think he had to, to really get through. And, and I think it meant a lot. Um, well, I, I got jumped in on this one or Fry, okay. Do you want to jump in on this one? I just, I just wanted to throw something out there then that I'm hearing and it kind of dawned on me. Maybe this is the, maybe this is the answer to it. You have to ask yourself the question then, who does your convictions give glory to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. then if you are saying, well, my conviction says that I don't, I will not help you move on Shabbat because I want to be a known, a man known for my convictions. Or do you say, I am going to help you move on Shabbat because I am convicted that I want to be a man who brings glory to God because I am willing to step out and aid. Mm-hmm. This, let me jump in on this one because I want to follow right what you said because we could take that for all the ones we've just presented, but let's focus on this one. We can argue good and bad on both sides of that, and that's the fun part about debating what's cool is i didn't know so i have no idea the circumstances i have no idea who the person is that you guys are referring to but obviously i know daniel and mike have talked about this and did this so what's so cool about that is that you didn't just answer right away you did go to a father or a elder spiritual elder if you look at that way you can look at that way and go okay or if it was in the in that moment you can go you know what i'm still going to make my decision but there's some things where you got to go, you know what, I need to go talk to someone about this because it's ultimately, I know it is my decision. I'm not going to be just told what to do, but I'm also wanting to hear, okay, because then the, the argument comes out. Like Brian just said, there's that argument, which is bringing glory to God. What will give? What will will my conviction give to glory of him or is this giving glory to myself? And let me, and I might not be an able enough to actually discern whether I'm actually being biased or not in those decisions. So seeking somebody's help, uh, asking someone, because sometimes, like you said, like, cause I have no idea, but I can immediately hear, like you said, I can immediately hear people throwing accusations at you, immediately throwing stuff at you, or they don't care. But I love the thought process of actually going, you know what, let me, my branch, my, my conviction now is facing the storm of, I don't know what to do. Because this is a little bit tricky because it's not it's, it's not as clear as I, I thought I had a very clear picture of what my conviction would mean and how it could handle most everything. It could handle 98, 99% of all things coming towards it. But this one, this one slipped through the crack. This one's a little tough to figure out. And I think God gives us a good way of he knew that there was always going to be a – if I may say so, this opens up another can of worms. I believe the Holy Spirit convicts us on where we should be, and that's that's this thing right here. This could be one of those examples. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, though, we try our best to discern what God's saying, 
there's some things that are just so absolutely clear. There is no ifs, ands, or buts mm-hmm. about it because it's so clear. Do not do this. And then I think it's for good reason that God didn't go into explicit, excruciating 20-page detail on what one word meant. There's a reason for that because I think that it does go back to the spiritual leaders of your place, which we have a problem in America where we really don't have that. It's more of communities, I would argue, than anything. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is why it's such a great topic. to. I, we're hoping that this jives with you guys that you're listening, that mm-hmm. realizing that that there's that need. We talked about this last week, the need for an elder to be able to ask them. And so when you can trust to go, their fruit points to God all the time. Let me ask for their help on this. That's it's so cool. I, I just found that, that that was a great, that's a cool scenario right there. That's really neat. And and Ryan, I, I love what you said, um, you know, about who does it give glory to? Because mm-hmm. I think, you know, there's there's a specific topic I have in my mind <laughs> that I won't <laughs> go there. But there's a specific one where whenever I encounter room. an individual of that way, I... <laughs> I say, man, you are so convicted about this, but I don't feel any fruit or any glory to God in this way. Mm-hmm. And the thing about it is there's this like perception that the more radical you are and convicted are about these like fringe ideas, mm-hmm. the more holy you are and the more isolated you are, the more holy you are, because you're supposed to come all the way out of Babylon, all the way out. And so there's this idea, like, the more isolated you are, the more holy you are, the closer you are to God. But in reality, people are not following those people. And Yeshua said, go and make disciples. And so true conviction will inspire people to follow you, not you to go be by yourself. This is where I thought that was a good point that you mentioned about what if there's certain convictions that are meant for you in a season? And so we're talking to you. So there's some convictions that you might need to be isolated from it to learn something. We mm-hmm. we know that our Messiah was isolated. He was isolated. He was with the Holy Spirit because he was never truly alone, right? He was with his father. He was with the Holy Spirit. So there was there was that going on. What they were discussed, we would all love to know what they were thinking and what they were talking about, right? Everyone <laughs> would love that. But realize that sometimes there's those seasons like what you were just talking about, there's might be a season you are. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's forever for a reason. And the Holy Spirit is the one who's going to convince you whether you are to abandon a, oh, this is tough because I think I feel my card going, well, Dave, was that a conviction or was that an opinion? <laughs> I, just feel, I just feel Mike's just, I just feel it already like just through the airwaves. I can just mm-hmm. feel it. It's like, was that a pain yeah. or was it a conviction? Then I would look at the person who's going through that. They would probably feel like it's a conviction. I think that sometimes convic- uh, to start a conviction, you have to have what an opinion or a belief towards that and then ratify yourself that you know that this has to be it. You might have a – and then on some topics, you might have a couple things off, and then you clean those up to make it straight as an arrow where it's like, all right, this is it. This is exactly where it's where it's going to be at, but I might have to – clean up some things i'm dying to know what mike thinks about that though all right and we just got it we got just a couple minutes we want to spend a little bit of time on israel um let me give you a thought here and i will run it around as closing thoughts we'll pick it up next week maybe is it possible that as you're trying to become that person that man or woman of conviction that your that things are going to change things are going to morph uh, you're going to have those seasons. You're going to have things that you, you kind of run over here and you run over there with, but as you mature into a man or woman of conviction, your convictions become more stable and solid. I would agree. Mm-hmm. As, as you begin to own it for yourself, um, a person should, st- should see at, 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 at 18 years old, at 16, it's like, okay, well, I got this conviction and, you know, I was, I was talking to some people and I was, I was running this by my parents and some elders and stuff. And I, and I think I need to go back and rethink about it. But if you're, if you're up there where I'm at and you're still not, and you're still struggling with, with your very basic convictions, are you not also struggling with, you don't know who you are? Mm, for mm-hmm. sure. hundred percent. So our, yeah. our convictions mm-hmm. begin yeah. to not define who we are. But our 
convictions become the definition of who we are. Mm. Yes. I would agree. I think I would just make a just short point. The reason I, I completely agree with that whole idea that the more and more you grow, the more and more those convictions should be ironed out, should be there, because that's where mm -hmm. younger can come in. Mm -hmm. I would then, and that this is my point, is that this is where you be should be very careful to question someone else's conviction. You might not know why they have that conviction, and to blindly assume that they're wrong, tread carefully. Okay. Yeah, and I think you, you hit the key phrase of, you know, attaching it to who you are. Because truly, you know, as you as you grow, you're hopefully you're finding out more about who you are from the one who made you. And that is ultimately what will iron out the gray areas. You know, the there's there's areas of the the, the black and white that should be kind of consistent across believers. Mm -hmm. Um and then, but those gray areas, you know, they are, like you're saying, they're leveling out, they're, they're getting ironed out and figured out. And um, they're more, they're not changing as much because, you know, on one hand, you, you don't really want to follow the person who's like flip-flopping every week. And they're kind of all over the place, um, you know, running around like a chicken with its head cut off. You don't really want to follow that person because turkey. they're, <laughs> uh, very erratic and unpredictable but at the same time there's something very honorable about someone who comes in humility and says i have this conviction for you know even quite a while and i was wrong you know mm -hmm. and this is why i believe i'm wrong um there's you know there's i would even i would that would add another layer of trust for me for someone to admit they were wrong about a conviction that they mm -hmm. previously held Sure. No, I, I, I like that. Lining up with scripture, of course. <laughs> yes, right. exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I think we mm -hmm. got other, some other things to go to, uh, maybe in another week or, or something. We'll mm -hmm. see how, how it goes. But um, uh, as far as what's happening over in Israel right now, uh, it's been a, a couple of good days in, uh, in which uh, the death toll of, the, of IDF soldiers has been very low. I know that that uh, you know for the parents of the the ones that have been killed that you know maybe that doesn't mean as much, but uh, it appears that Israel is is making some definite strides regarding Gaza. Uh, on the other hand, the the state of Israel right now is fighting a war on depending on your counting of how you count, Israel is is fighting a war on six to seven fronts. Mm -hmm. uh, let's consider that for the United mm -hmm. States. Let's say that that uh, we are fighting a war that ships in the Pacific Ocean, the Atlantic Ocean, the Gulf of Mexico. Canada is coming down after us. Uh, Mexico is coming after us. And there's terrorist bombings in Washington, D.C., Chicago, and um, your hometown. Uh, and you've got to you've got to you've got to make sure you're number you're at one hundred percent all the time on every front. Uh, this is if you take that scenario I just gave and you put it into a state, a country that is about point six five percent the size of New Jersey. Hmm. okay, I, I think we'd all call that serious. So this mm -hmm. is this is they're they're saying that this war is going to go on through probably 2024. I would imagine uh, it's it's at least that. But um, have you guys you guys have any any real points coming out of the what's happening right now? I know from what I've seen. I remember seeing some articles. Of course, you see all the. It's so hard to just be able to read something without just going. My media, my media lie meter is just pinging <laughs> just pinging right now yeah, oh man this there seems to be yeah. more to the story than what's being led on and it's being uh, just used as subversion but some of the big stuff you see is it's just the tension is probably so just like you said if it was it's 0.65 of new jersey if we look at that that means the tension's super thick and guess what it is i hear political stuff that's happening within israel that's that was like okay that was interesting to see uh, just because when that happens, that's where it's like, okay, there's people that are getting riled up. We see that here a lot, but we realize from there, then there's countries next to them 
that are acting out and that has the potential to do something else so you go whoa okay so now we're seeing this not just a hamas israel thing now it's all these other countries outside that are doing stuff and there's bombings that are happening in other places or a preemptive strikes to hit areas mm-hmm. and then we see a u.s carrier is like yeah we're out of the mediterranean we're out of yeah. here and we're like whoa whether that's good or bad god only knows and then we're in election year 2024. So it's like, okay, is this going to be one of those hot topic buttons? It very well could be. So then that's begs the question then, well, who are you going to stand for? Yeah, where are you going to stand? Where's your conviction? Where's the conviction on Israel? Yeah, yeah where is that? Yeah, mm. there you go. Daniel Ryan? Uh, I don't um, really have... Uh, oh, I don't really have much to add here other than uh, with the elections coming up. Choose a leader who is going to stand with Israel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes hard to find. Yes. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Um, I've I've found myself wondering, as I'm sure many people are, of you know, you see the the news of not just Israeli, you know, stuff on the Israel fronts, but American bases being attacked and American mm-hmm. ships being attacked and essentially just kind of sitting back and taking it for the most part. Um, and you just wonder like when, you know, obviously anybody who knows who I am and who my dad is knows that, you know, Israel is the top for me, but, you know, I also acknowledge, you know, directly below that, you know, I do live in America and, you know, this is where God has planted me and I will, I will seek the good of the country where I've been planted, uh, for as long as I'm here, as long as I am planted here. And so you got to wonder, like, when did America become this country that, like, just kind of let absolute vagabond nutcases attack them without any retaliation? Like, when did that happen? Um, and around the, the answer is, <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um, but it's just it's just crazy and you you find that life is just so much stranger than fiction hmm. um but i think it's it's important to remember and i'm saying this to myself because it is a very hard thing to remember that god is ultimately the one who places leaders in their place we have the ability to intercede and to pray for on behalf of where we have been planted um, but ultimately, it is God who places people. No one has authority that has not been given from God. You know, no one can claim authority on the earth. It has to be lent to them for a time. And so well, I say that to just say that um, it serves a purpose. And it's, a, it's crazy and it's really frustrating to watch. But there's something bigger and we need to take heart and um stay strong knowing that god is the one who is in control and not surprised by things and that he is the one accomplishing the plan that he has in his time yeah uh prayers uh, of course for israel for the land for the people the soldiers uh just on the phone today with a friend of mine in um in northern israel that uh, asked for prayer for his him and his wife uh for their two children who are in gaza uh my my list of people that i know personally there in the land is more and more um one of the one of the things the news reports just briefly uh we all know that the the tunnels that were in gaza uh it is thought that there are more deeper and longer tunnels coming out of the north into israel uh, Lebanon, Syria, communities up there that, um, you know, we could be seeing the same thing happen over, over and over again, uh, as that's happening. They're concerned about Jordan now. Uh, there's a lot going on guys and, uh, a person with conviction. If you're, if you say you're conviction, you're convicted about something that means that you engage in it. It's something that you begin to engage your own life into. And um, I would I would encourage people to do so. Um, 
All right. Any last word real quick? Good? Good? Thank you. Good. But we'll Good. give the father the last word. That he yes. said that he has plans for us, for good and not for evil, to give us a future and hope. So let us live our lives on purpose. Amen. See you all next week. See you.